0: Welcome to the Department of Homelander Security, the officially unofficial podcast for the boys on Amazon Prime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season nine, or sorry, season two, episode six, The Bloody Doors Off. Uh, I think I know what this is about. It's probably one of those double entendre, uh, dual meaning kind of titles, because they literally blow some doors off this episode. But also... They do. They're trying to blow the doors off this plot, right? This this Vought plot uh, and they're not getting too, too much of a, a point here, you know, the lamplighter clues them in a little bit, but still got a long way to go to uncover this thing.
1: Yeah, no, um, that lots of blo- doors got blown off. Um, I, yeah, I was trying to think of like what exactly this meant because, you know, blowing the doors off something usually refers to like being beat in a race. I always think of that, yeah. like, oh, I blew the doors off somebody. Um, blowing the lid off something's more of a revelation of plot, right? But also, what is like, a door there's if really not
0: just a, ver- a d- vertical lid, horizontal lid. Yeah,
1: I... yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone's doors got blown off. Like, doors got ripped off and crushed by what's her name, Cindy. Uh-huh. But I, 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 otherwise, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but a lot of these titles have been kind of uh, loosey goosey, mystifying. Yeah, Every title feels like it's being written by Butcher, doesn't it? it does it does a little bit it does <laughs> but- also i caught him using a piece of uh like australian slang when he says uh yeah, the have a gecko i thought that was going to be some kind of coxney rhyming slang that it's like you know you you roll that through a different couple different translations that it, it rhymes something eventually rhymes with hook you know like barney you're in barney sure. barney rubble trouble uh, but it turns out, I guess it's like uh, an Australian thing for like geckos having those weird eyes and like like having like a real intense look at something is having a gecko. So what the fuck, butcher? Yeah, pick pick a nationality. Are you New Zealander? Yeah, pick, are you
0: pick British? Are you Australian? What are you?
1: Pick a lane, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm having a hard time keeping up. What type of uh, English English speaking white dude, you are. Uh, what do you he's think of this episode? The
0: CIA. I mean, it's yeah,
1: right. Uh, is he even a Amer- FBI? My ass is. He, he's not even American. Uh, what do yeah. you think of this episode?
0: Uh, I love this episode. I thought it was great. Um, I, I I'm intensely curious with how they're going to deal with the uh, Homelander situation that is brewing, and this just like kicks it into a whole nother level, like with Stormfront's involvement with him. God, it's, it's not going to go good places from here.
1: And I like how, you know, last episode, they rounded out Mother's Milk's character to last two episodes. and this episode, yeah. we finally got some real solid development for Frenchie. Like, what is making yeah. him tick? Why is he so fucking crazy? Why is he involved with drugs? Um, and those answers I found were mostly mostly satisfying. Yeah, I even like the...
0: Um, that question that
1: we've had for the last couple episodes has been answered. Yep yep uh, I thought there was some interesting stuff about what Vought's up to at their little research facility. um yeah. was nothing it was had nothing to do with some kind of super secret racist organization of uh, wealthy and elites meeting in this the redwoods of California. So yeah, whiff swinging a whiff on that, but uh, what they did come up with, like there was some really interesting. And disgusting and amazing, w- weird misfire superpowers going on in that facility, which was a lot of fun. And, uh, hey. yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, even seeing stuff like Starlight and Butcher come up with a relationship that's not, you know, dependent on, like, Huey, it, it feels like slowly we're morphing into an actual team Rather than just yeah. a bunch of random cool people who some of us used to know and some of us know, like it's it's it feels like it's becoming more of a, an integrated group, and I like that.
0: And we've talked about you know how we think there's going to be this division between like previous seven uh, working with the boys and Homelander's new version of the seven, and how they might clash. Uh, it seems like they're building toward that uh, with you know Mave and A Train and uh, the Deep all kind of coming together. You know, will Starlight be able to bring them over effectively to the boys? I have no idea, but we'll see. Um, The other thing that you did call, you know, maybe, okay, we're not, you know, we're not up on everything, but you did kind of call that they would find the plane wreckage, right, from the Homelander uh, incident where he lasered that plane in half and killed those people. And they would use this to somehow further the plot that Maeve has to take him down.
1: Well, I, I felt like that was a little bit swing and a miss because, like, I I think what they found is the as a GoPro from someone who was filming the jetliner that went down to him and on, not yeah. the one that he lasered the that had the mayor or whatever. Um, but oh, it's pretty is that much. Yeah. I thought you meant the yeah. jet. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. I thought you meant the jet that they lasered and left all those people to die in
1: no 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 the one that the uh, and, and that was more of like homelander could have probably saved it he just chose not to because it would be more effective to blame it on super terror and get you know so yeah. um but it's still yeah the deep came up with some plain wreckage i'll take partial credit for that sure i think it's deserved <laughs> yeah and i did afterwards go back i'm like was i inventing that but like no madeline came to him and said something about the deep finding some wreckage so like I, that that all checked out mm-hmm. um but, yeah, no, and I also think from a psychological standpoint, it's very interesting that Star Stormfront is essentially the real version of what Madeline was just playing at. Like, Stormlander's got this mommy Oedipus com- complex about mother figures, and she is revealed quite literally to be his mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, quite metaphorically, like- literally yeah. – <laughs> his mother. She's the wife of the man who created the uh, um and then it's like it's like all this kind of weird and sexual family dynamics. It seems like it for whatever reason really fascinates uh Homelander in a sexual way that uh it's yeah. like mother, sister, wife kind of all oh, it's really getting his his uh I don't know, his milk milk glands, his milk salivary glands flowing. <laughs> Great. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh yeah. it seems like
0: so they've they've managed to somehow bring me around to the side of the shining light organization. Like if you've got a, a super powered corporation that's trying to cause a race war here and, and take you out, what's your recourse? It's to create yeah. your own fucking soups and fight them. Right. Like and, and their methods may not be uh, the the best, but, you know, they're They got to do what they got to do
1: um yeah it's it's i think we're struggling with a lot of that right now in in present day america is like you know um it's very hard to decide morally and ethically where you stand on something until you decide like what are what are the uh, out of all the multiple causes what are they fighting for mm-hmm. and then where do you stand on the by any means necessary rhetoric like sure. if there is evil to be oppressed is there a limit to which you will not stoop to suppress that evil um and your answers to those two questions tell a lot about where you're going to stand on different issues. And you're you're right, like you know, um, that's it's like the other show, like Raised by Wolves. That's Ridley Scott is, is also dealing with like you know, is is child soldiers cool? If you're standing in the way of like and not, who knows? Uh, you, you pray never to be put in those type of situations. But
0: um, yeah, and it kind of depends it, on how powerful the other side is as well. Like you've yeah, you might need and what they're trying to stream measures to deal with somebody who's extremely
1: powerful. Yes, yes. So, uh but I think all this stuff is very fascinating, and it's wild that we only have what two more episodes left. Like there's yeah. a it feels like there's so much ground left to cover, but on if you look back, we've covered a lot of ground too. So, yeah, we sure have, Uh and they're really pointing this in an interesting
0: direction. I'm super excited for the next two. All right, let's get into the recap uh we start off with a flashback eight years ago uh frenchie is hanging out with sherry warming up for a bank robbery uh with a conversation about golden girls and also i don't know his other friend's name but he's there as well i don't either
1: yeah some dude who's going to doa before he's relevant to the plot yeah well i mean i guess his doa is relevant to the plot absolutely Uh, um but uh i it I love how they introduced the the Golden Girls, which is weirdly culturally relevant, like people have rediscovered the the Golden Girls as a comfort food of television. It's maybe it's like something their grandmas like to watch, their moms like to watch um mm-hmm. but I've heard from multiple people I respect that that show fucking holds up and is having a renaissance now on streaming and the way they brought it back at the end of the episode after I'd kind of forgotten the conversation is yeah. one of the reasons I love the show, yeah.
0: And Golden Girls has a bit of a reputation uh, as far as I'm aware, because I haven't seen much, if any, of the Golden Girls. Uh, for, you know, at least one of the characters has like a semi-foul, you know, foul for, for network television kind of mouth. Uh, yeah. like t- You know, take no shit from anybody kind of vibe to her. Right, right. Uh, I don't know which one it is. But, you know, in, in the context of the boys, which is this over-the-top sort of in-your-face, gory and violent thing? I feel like there's some commonality there, like just the slightest bit of it.
1: Yeah, it's subversive. The fact that you had these yeah. old women—I think you're—I you're, can't tell if you're talking about Blanche. Um, I don't know their names. Or Dor- or um, or Dorothy's mom, uh, because the aesthetic yeah, I think, the I think was one. the the old one. She's like had the really sharp acid tongue, yeah. but Blanche was just like a. A golden girl, uh, ho, man. She was like, Oh, <laughs> right. like th- this was very subversive. The idea that your grandparents are like having an active sex life and courting men like Dick Van Dyke and whatnot. Like, I remember that was one of the ones I think the dude she dated. Uh, yeah. So, like, golden girls were the boys of the time. <laughs> sure. That sounds right to me. <laughs> yeah. No problem. Betty White. Also, that's the other thing. Betty White played super Snow White and Innocent Um, in that show. She's real life pretty blue. She also Watch blew, Lake blew up a whale,
0: ran a boat right through a whale in that show.
1: Damn. Dan she, did not know out. that fact. But if you want to see her square off against giant alligators, check out Lake Placid. She's delightful.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so Frenchie removes... We're back in modern day. Frenchie removes Annie's chip with a rotary tool. Uh, has a little trouble getting through her skin, which... This is just, you know, another one of those generic superhero traits, right? The, the super resistance. And this is so this is something that I always wonder about in superhero stories. Like, if you've got somebody who can jump a hundred feet into the air, their the muscles in their legs have to be structured that they can support that kind of movement and that kind of, you know, force. Mm -hmm. And the bones Mm -hmm. in their body needs to need to be denser and stronger. And it seems like they're leaning into that with the boys.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, it's, that's uh, always like a Superman trope, you know, uh-huh. uh, Superman's dying because he got exposed to kryptonite and this, uh, you know, he's getting better when the doctors try to stick him with the needle and the needle just kind of, yeah, uh, bends. Oh, yeah, he's got his invulnerability. You know, if Superman gets colorectal cancer, what do they got to do? They got to go in there with like uh Kryptonian scalpels to, oh, yeah. to, 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 to resection his bowel. Absolutely. <laughs> Superman with the colostomy bag? Is that what we're... No, I, I I thought it was nice. He's got this, like, diamond wheel cutter, and he's going at it just to get just this, this tiniest little bit of incision.
0: Yeah. Um, I, It makes me wonder if they could
1: have even chipped,
0: like, Homelander or, or Translucent, right? Like, how do you chip Translucent without it coming back out? Like, have him swallow something, but then it just
1: works its way through
0: him. That's a uh, damn
1: fine question. How did they? They must have chipped Homelander at some point.
0: Yeah, um, I mean,
1: he's. I guess you could chip them before they become soups, right? I guess that's yeah. Before, while they're still a baby, you just in, you, you put the chip in at that point. Yeah. Um. Or I wonder if, like, you could also instill some instill some kind of port when they're a child, so you can like if you you can access it and renew it if you need to. But uh-huh. um. Now that would be interesting. And is the. When I was watching this, I felt like the show, and sometimes the show does this, it, it doesn't give a moment as much weight as I thought, and then it turns out that, like, you know, there wasn't that much weight behind it, but it feels like her taking her tracking chip out is her going rogue. Yeah. Like, she can't just go back to the seven at this point, right? I don't think so. Hey, uh, you, we kind of, we half of us all, at least medium or more suspect you of playing fast and loose with this compound V revelation and now you've taken your tracking chip out. We just want to talk starlight. I don't I think this is kind of like her joining the boys, but it didn't feel like that yeah. big of a moment for some reason. So I don't know whether they're going to explain this away at some point um or she's going to keep the tracker in her pocket and just kind of like keep track. Plus the fact that they did this in their underground lair, they mm. removed a tracking chip in the location of their hideout. That seems kind of crazy too, but
0: yeah, they maybe the boys, needed
1: just, like, a quick
0: conversation between, like, you know, the argument that Huey and and uh, Butcher are going to have over Annie being part of this in the first place. Have it before they de-chip her, um, and that way it, it tells us, like, okay, it makes it more of a moment, right, when they actually decide to do it.
1: No, I agree. I agree. I but I think that boys sometimes plays fast and loose with the little details. Yeah. Um, so I again, I'm not sure if we're supposed to, if, if I'm understanding this correctly or if this is actually going to be something to where, you know, she can slip still slip back in and out of the seven at, at will. All right. Homelander and Stormfront
0: stop someone from committing a crime. Uh, unfortunately, instead of taking him to the police, they decide to murder him and then get it on essentially in his remains uh, th- that that this relationship has escalated quickly, like Stormfront last episode, you know, they they do the laser my tits and they bang and all that, mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. man, they've just gone straight to the oh, this relationship is just entirely based on how fucked up these characters are. Uh and and yeah, I I thought the the murder
1: bang was like a third date kind of thing. <laughs> 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 like yeah, and, uh, they're, fork- uh, they're they're fucking, I mean, it's it's like she's giving him like an over the costume handy when he crushes the dude's face and then they're just fucking over his corpse and then they're making out and you, they're like bits of his brain matter and blood are running down his, their faces and it's, mm-hmm. um it, it felt vampiric, it felt like something that goes on in, like a Bram Stoker type of, uh, yeah. I mean, it paints him as like, you know, because it's like vampires, uh, attractive, glamorous, monsters. It does uh, paint them uh, both as as monstrous in this. Um but I do I do like how they subvert kind of like one of my favorite things about Spider-Superman is like when he just shows up to stop petty crime like there's that scene in the first Richard Donner Superman where like guys are robbing a boat and he just kind of goes there and is kind of fucking with them because what can they do? Like a dude hits him with a crowbar and it bends over his head and it's like hurting and it's like vibrating and Superman's like bad vibrations friend. And you know, he just got to lift them off the boat <laughs> and drop them off the police station. Like there's like, it's like a finger of God coming down and doing something to you. And it's like very wholesome and fun because Superman would never hurt these guys. And this Superman <laughs> crushes a dude's skull. Uh, yeah. Why he's getting, getting a handy? What a guy. Yeah. It's fucked up. Before we go out the scene though, someone mentioned to us last week, I believe, or maybe it was during our uh, live watch, um, on sci-fi sundays, every Sunday on twitch.tv, we uh, culminate with the uh, watching the uh this this week's episode of the boys. They asked us if we knew that like um uh Stormfront was gender bent from the comics. Apparently she's a, a dude in the comics.
0: Huh. No, I didn't know that.
1: And now that they are fucking I'm really wondering if that plot was in the comics and it kind of goes in line with our feedback from last week about the boys pulling their punches. Like, surely uh, they are not so squeamish that they can't have two do du- two super dudes fucking Beca- uh, because because like so. I've. I mean, I will say that, like, that's one that seems like a a bright, like, even HBO has um, trouble showing a male phallus, you know, let alone one erect. Um, And, but I don't know, like, a couple of years ago on American Gods, they had a pretty graphic male on male sex scene between a genie and a cab driver of all people. (laughs) I'm just like,
0: I I, I don't know. Genie on male. That wasn't male on male. (laughs)
1: that's true it's true it's a mythical being in the in with a very masculine presentation right fucking a human dude driving a cab but um i do wonder like um uh, yeah like if they if they shifted stormfront to be a woman just so they could avoid uh dudes two two super dudes pile driving each other uh i'm going to give a little bit more weight to that last week's email about like is this show just kind of like You know, getting its edgy stuff on, but then like, oh god, you know, dudes having sex can't do that. Yeah, Um, I don't know. Gonna have to check it out. Don't know. Don't know. Don't tell me. Don't want any spoilers just yet. So,
0: all right. Butcher and Kamiko watch Homelander and Stormfront interact on TV and realize that they're banging. The other boys show up with Annie and give her a tour uh, of the the hideout. She gets a hug from Kamiko and she gets a side eye from Butcher. Annie tells the boys that Stan Egger is close to a breakthrough at the Sage Grove psychiatric facility in Pennsylvania. Um, and Butcher invites Annie to go along, but really only as their cover and and, and you know, bait for any supers who might show up to try and stop them.
1: Right. If if uh, you got five people running away from a scene and one of them is your billion dollar asset that just removed their tracking device. I, so I, I guess that is the show kind of telling us that she is going to be persona non grata as soon as they find mm-hmm. this out.
0: Yeah, I think uh, should
1: so. just, just, just be a soon enemy on site. Um, yeah, I do love that Butcher and Kamiko scene where they're watching them flirt on camera and be like, they're fucking.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, so the Deep goes to Maeve's trailer to tell her that they found some wreckage from the plane, uh, the, the one that Homeland lasered last season. She tells him not to say a word to anyone if he wants back into Seven. And. I absolutely love the way that he sneaks into this trailer. I, I don't know if you noticed it, but the way he walks in with this big old step, like he's being, I don't know, stealthy. It's ridiculous. The Deep is such an idiot.
1: It also pairs like when he's, because she's like, you know, no one saw you, right? And he's like, oh, no one knows I'm here and what I'm here for. And then the first thing out of his word that has mouth of A-Train, is like, what are you here for? Oh, I just hear seeing my... Uh, nobody, nobody in particular. <laughs> like he is... Yeah just above homer simpson level stupidity and I i do love it i also love him like talking about like you know i've been putting a word out to my contacts and it turns out it's like a school a rowdy school a halibut <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i was like yeah i mean it's insanely useful think about like how crazy useful a guy like aquaman would be to like we would solve that down Malaysian airliner in like 16 minutes, right? Oh, yeah. You just go out there and uh, d- 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 it'd be like, I don't know, it'd be like watching a film noir detective going to a CD bar just going up to a reef like, hey, what's the scuttlebutt? You know, have you heard anything about a jetliner going down? Any oil slicks out there? Like, I kind of I kind of want to see them visualize something like this. Mm-hmm. Him working his contacts and like what is a rowdy... Like, like, what's a rowdy school of halibut get up to that, qual- that classifies as, as rowdy? I would love to see that. <laughs> I'm picturing, like, a Don Knotts uh, fucking,
0: what is it, Mr. Limpet? Is that the name of the fish that he yeah. turns into? Yeah, for, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Is it a Disney
1: movie? I don't even fucking remember. Yeah, it's called the freaking fucking fucking limpet is what they call it. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Don Knotts known for his
0: just foul mouth.
1: Um, I I do love how quickly they're setting up and answering these mysteries because I was thinking like oh man I wonder how long they're going to keep us on the the hook for what the hell is on this GoPro looking thing not nah, just like another 20, 30 minutes it's yes yeah. it's, it's it's good yeah like uh, the mystery of the show is enduring that they don't have to keep inventing these little mysteries uh to to keep us enticed
0: yeah and them revealing like what their plan is this episode doesn't say anything about whether or not it's going to work and like. <laughs> I don't have high All hopes right. for it right you know home, if Homelander wants to he'll just laser you I mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know it's a dangerous game but they know that uh, the The other thing that's hilarious in this scene is this pride bar uh, brave Maeve pride bar which oh god the cynical way they can't be using proud. her
1: sexuality you can't be proud on an empty stomach <laughs> god it's pretty yeah it's it's pretty bad
0: Uh, she's vaping too. I don't know if they're trying to do anything with that.
1: Maeve's a vapor. Yeah. Just, it is wild to see in like a superhero vaping. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, it's, it's kind of, I don't know what it, why, but it is a statement. Yeah. All
0: right. Ashley shows a train, a demo of his very own retirement Anthem. Uh, he gets the stink eye from Stormfront, and then the deep, uh, shows up and conveys his condolences to a train over getting kicked out of the seven, uh, and offers him a fresca which i guess is now just code for hey i want to talk to you about the cult i'm in
1: it's got to have some kind of actual like on the border of compound v like i i wouldn't ma- i wouldn't be surprised if these are two joint like parallel operations to like you know if you got a disaffected superhero that might like talk a shit or run amok, you co-opt them with this mind control organization and slip him Fresca that might nullify their power somehow. And it doesn't seem like it does. It did that to the deep, but I don't know. Yeah. Also, uh, bro, you got ass fucked with a soup can. That's fucking the deep man. He's, <laughs> he's full of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, he entices him with the the help from a mysterious stranger, which is something that uh, A-Train is interested in. Because there's no way he actually believes that this shit's going to be long-term good for him. He just doesn't want to debase himself in front of fucking fish guy.
0: Yeah, no. I I mean, A-Train is proud, you know? Um, And he's in a down... He's in a slump uh, at the moment. And he doesn't want to admit it, but that's kind of the way it's going to shake out.
1: And he might be thinking there might be some... Still prime money-earning years. If you're a recent retired guy, and if you play that right, Nike and Under Armour are talking to you. But on the other hand, he doesn't know that they're about ready to jack his whole shtick. And it's really hard to make money on a train if someone else is the new better a train. You're gonna be b train. I don't think so. No one wants to take the b train when the no. a Train's sitting right there. You don't want the b train shoes. F train. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, so the boys
0: arrive at Sage Grove. And they decide to leave Starlight outside while Frenchie and Kimiko go inside. Uh, and M.M. as well.
1: Yeah. Um, not much here. Like there's um, they're trying to. They're trying to de-weird the situation between Frenchie and Kamiko, And I, I actually, yeah. beyond all expectations, I think they pretty much do. I agree. Because uh, yeah. Frenchie they has have, like
0: some moments of, of actual understanding and learning in this episode.
1: Yeah, and he's like, I think it's both. Like he was thinking with his dick, but also excusing that by thinking he's trying to rescue someone that needs yeah. help and why he personally feels like he is called to do that. And then at the end, just a sincere, and sincere apology and promising not, uh, the promising to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. It's kind of like uh, I, I, I do. I thought it was wild that she buys this giant bossy ring and she brings it on the job.
0: Um, yeah, why not?
1: But that she's got a, she got a style. And says something about her character, yeah. She's bossy. I like it.
0: <laughs> uh we'll see where that goes. But we, we have another flashback here, uh, to eight years ago, where a Frenchie's caught for this bank heist that he was trying to pull in the first flashback. Uh and he's interrogated by Grace and she offers him a job and threatens his friends when he refuses, which immediately gets him to change his tune.
1: And, and his thing is, which I think they've established or hinted at before, but they make explicit that he does super-powered pharmaceutical bombs, like yeah. uh, weapons-grade Xanax to take down this guy called Behemoth, who's... It's not like he's he's essentially the Credible Hulk. He gets angry, he gets mm-hmm. super-powered, so you you pump him full of Xanax, and that, calms, that chills his ass out. Yeah. Um, and we almost got to see him do one this episode, but it got crushed before it could go off. Uh, that's kind of cool. And... I think they're establishing me that if you gave Frenchy enough time and chemistry, maybe he could come up with an anti-Homelander bomb that would have a chance of working. Yeah. Uh, I don't so think that's this is the
0: last we've seen of his skills put into action.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course we don't know like can, I mean, Superman doesn't even have to fucking breathe, right? If he's out in space and yeah. he's got the yellow sun power in him, he doesn't need, need any of that shit. So it's like, I, I wonder what mechanism you could get Homelander uh, would, I guess he could get him to ingest something, maybe. But uh yeah, maybe. I'm curious about how. I, I think this is a as a potential potential puzzle piece for how they're going to you know do in Homelander. So we come back to now,
0: where Homelander wants to surprise Stormfront, uh, with something, but she has an appointment, and she leaves, and he rearranges the the flower, the surprise he got her. Uh, clearly, he's clearly like. Yeah, love struck is not the right word. I enamored with this Infatuated. new relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see that all play out this episode in spectacular. And it's like fashion. maybe
1: it's a, the first time he's thought this might have permanence, like you know, because it's a superpower person. Um, yeah. I did think it was confusing because like I was very confused about who those flowers were, what tra- whose trailer he was in. I saw the card for Homelander, and I'm like, what the fuck? Um, but but yeah, this. This might be the first time Homelander's bought a girl flowers. I have to imagine. Yeah, that's true. And then, you know, he's like super fucking hyper vigilant and protective. And like when she says, I'll be gone just for 20 minutes. And then you can hear the clock ticking in the background. I knew from that first scene, like, oh, this is going to be trouble.
0: Yeah. Uh, So then we go back to Sage Grove where Starlight blasts the fence and lets Frenchie Kamiko and M.M. into uh, the grounds. Butcher contemplates firing a sniper round at Annie on her way back. I mean, it didn't work the last time. Damn. I know. Well, he doesn't have Huey the, there. to. He's
1: Huey's on the top of the van, like trying to grab him and ruin his shot. Yeah. But um, I do. I do think this is the last time we're going to see him. Like, I, I feel like there has been progress in the relationship after this episode's over. Yeah. Yeah, and I Starlight, my blast Butcher, but I don't think Butcher will blast Starlight at this point.
0: No, I'm just surprised that he didn't realize her value earlier. You know, like in his cynical he just Butcher hates way. Soups, like, man, having a soup yeah. on the
1: team would be an enormous boon. He's got one, and she doesn't talk. He loves her. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, he has so. There's no, there's no emotional entanglements. I guess to Frenchie, but no, he just fucking hates soups, man. He really does. Like, yeah. you know, he's uh, got. That that's why it kind of landed before when he's talking to Grace. Like, I don't think he has any compunctions about gutting uh, uh Kimiko if he has to. He just really pathologically hates this these the vault and the supers that they've created.
0: Yeah. I I feel like Kamiko is not a super powerful soup. I, I don't know why. Like the, no. the idea that you can run maybe a little faster than normal and jump a little higher and heal quickly.
1: She's strong. I mean, yeah, she's like, but she's like Wolverine. She's like Wolverine without claws going against Superman. And that's just historically, I mean, super Wolverine's willing to do it, but he usually gets all of his skin blasted off and then down to an adamantium skeleton at the end of it. Uh, (laughs) And I don't think Starlight could take on Superman either, but I think she's more likely to survive longer. Yeah, definitely could hold him off or or, or sting him, it seems. Yeah. Um, occupy uh, him a little bit, anyway. Her powers have some limitations that we'll see later in this episode, too.
0: Uh, but we go inside Sage Grove where Frenchie gets on a gurney and they wheel him through the facility. Nothing much. I thought, it was,
1: I thought it was funny Kimiko insisting him being the gurney guy, even though, like... Him and Mother's Milk are pretty good about talking themselves in and out of situations, and she can't talk period. She will not talk period, so it's like maybe yeah. she should have been the one on the gurney, but she's also the super one, so... True. Maybe you want your best weapon like on her feet and, and not pretending like they're disabled. Yeah. Uh, Annie
0: confronts Butcher about why he's being a dick to her, and she compares him to Homelander, which pisses him off, but before anything can really go down there, uh, Stormfront shows up and distracts them all. This is scary because when when I saw someone flying through, I thought a it was Homelander, and right? B once I realized it's stormfront. Uh oh, that's not really any less scary, and what yeah. she's doing here—that
1: could be even worse. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I it's a little lazy that Mother's Milk was able to successfully bluff himself into the control room with the old patient on a gurney having a stroke seizure kind of thing. Like sure. There's nothing in this room that can help a patient who's swallowing his tongue.
0: Yeah. And this security and, guy's what trained for this? Like,
1: and he was big. He's this big jack dude. And I actually thought, like, at the beginning, like, oh, this is going to be interesting because they're going to try this and he's going to be like, get fucked. Take him down to surgery or inpatient or whatever, but you're not getting in here. Yeah. And then Kamiko would have to like to rip the door off or they would have to try something different. But it just, nah, it worked. And then the dude got uh, taken out. And there you go. Um, no i agree that was a, li- a little silly a little cheap um a, a little weak but then they brought they, they went for broken all the super villain powers like the acid man throwing up uh uh the love sausage guy which i thought was just going to be a throwaway <laughs> gag <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sure, uh, we'll have to talk it, it was i, wanna, it I was s-
1: gag all right <laughs> i want to i want to save further analysis for that for for the love sausage to to come back into play yeah but they also established clearly there's this one super it almost seemed like she was aware that they, they that they were watching them yeah. and uh you know made eye contact i don't know if that is going to mean anything clearly they are building this uh, cindy i believe is the character's name into something because they really want you to pay attention to the fact that she escaped this facility at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, yeah. um, it's like that second time we've seen, you
0: know, Homelander looked at a camera in that exact same way. Right. As if he, he could hear and see through the camera.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's just like, it's, um, tying visually this into like this is a Vought Enterprise where everything is being monitored and like it's this is a naked lab where they're doing experiments and Becca's home is also a stealth laboratory where they're doing experiments. Maybe that's the the thing they're trying to draw. So then the boys uh, like you said kill the security
0: guard. They find a whole bunch of uh, soups being experimented on. They see Stormfront and uh, Kamiko begins to lose it and MMM calms her. Um Stormfront's guinea pig demands to talk to her sister, and the nurse lights him on fire with his powers, uh, which mm-hmm. causes Frenchie to realize that he's Lamplighter. Um Stormfront leaves, and so do the boys. Unfortunately, Lamplighter recognizes Frenchie on the way out, and a soup is released during the struggle that ensues. Um The soup releases the rest of the soups, and the boys are chased back into the security room as they Watched all watch all these soups just go on a killing rampage. Um,
1: yeah. yeah, you said unfortunately, like Frenchie just straight up mad dog lamp lighter though. Uh, oh, I know that was the opposite of playing it cool. But you know they they did enough. Like like I said, they they did enough that like while that behavior is bizarre and um, not great from a mission standpoint. um I feel like that. Yeah, that's Frenchy's. Uh, that's part of his character is that sometimes he does shit that's that's off mission. He gets a mis- He gets emotional. He's not as disciplined, yeah. maybe as certainly mother's milk. Um, uh, he's
0: he's a, a passionate guy.
1: Uh, and, he sure you know, is when he
0: gets angry and when something catches his attention, he goes after it. I think like they they did, and I'm not even sure they had done enough in this episode yet to make that all sit right with me but eventually they get there by the end of this episode. So.
1: Yeah, it's wild. I would have been very frustrated if they had not cleared up so much of this stuff cuz it would have just been bizarre insane behavior on the 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 part of Frenchie. Yeah. Um do you think the Cindy character who squeezed the person to death? Do you think that that's the person that they used to kill Rainer, the the person that got their head exploded earlier this? Oh yeah. Like the effect is very similar. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't go with the full body squeeze rather than just a head squeeze. I don't know.
0: Maybe her hands were
1: duct taped and she could only get two fingers out. <laughs> just a two-finger squeeze. A uh-huh. pimple pop. The pimple pop technique.
0: Right. Uh, so Lamplighter eventually agrees to lead them out of the facility as well. Uh, and, and this whole thing takes place with these superpowers you're talking about.
1: They got all the goods like they stole every hard drive out of this rack like they've got they're going to have like a treasure trove of information that they don't make a big deal about in the episode. But like I'm sure next one they'll be like reviewing and going over all the stuff that they've learned. Like they're very close to blowing the doors off this investigation. <laughs> the vertical lids. The vertical lids. Yep. Uh.
0: Yeah. No, I as as much as like Mave's plan involves like, oh, I've got this information, this dirt on you. I'm going to blackmail you, like, what are they going to do with all this info they've got about these experiments?
1: It's also really interesting how Vought likes to get matchy-matchy on the Seven. Like, they always have to have a fast guy, right? And uh, we found out this episode, I, maybe they talked to this, but I, I didn't really fully realize Starlight's powers is that she, has, she can't make something from nothing. She has to have a no, natural source of power to draw from, yeah. and she's replacing a guy who had to have a natural source of flame. He can't just make it. He can just manipulate it. I wonder if that's, like, true of all... You know, like, uh, do they need to get another an, a new? Uh, and then they didn't replace the invisibility guy with another invisibility person. But,
0: I feel like uh, she needs to
1: have an assistant who's like a a super a soup
0: that can like make electricity.
1: Or can they build like a lipo battery into that costume? Yeah. somewhere. You know, like with, with right. the, the the breast padding, uh, the thigh high boots, to tuck a couple cells in there. Like, there's there's mm-hmm. some spaces. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Butcher. This is a sh- this is a shit superpower. If uh, you can be disabled by a field,
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> if a baseball diamond is your greatest weakness, then a football <laughs> field, a soccer pitch, uh, it's it's pretty. You're you're in bad shape. Yeah. And what is the range on that? Right? Like, is it a hundred yards? Is it a hundred feet? You know? Seems like it's pretty damn. Because they were not that far away from the hospital. Like, yeah. yeah, it's within visual range for sure
0: um and you know that that acid i guess vomit is a pretty spectacular effect i enjoyed that
1: yeah oh yeah his face is dissolving his own fucking face Gah. it
0: tells you something about his his guts i guess like his guts must just be made out of something you know a lot like our own guts you know uh you you put our skin our external skin through prolonged uh, exposure to stomach acids probably do some yeah. damage
1: it reminds me of this uh, this uh, old episode of the Simpsons where Homer is at a chili eating contest and some the Chief Wiggum I think has made chili with this ghost insanity pepper and the only way to eat it is uh, <laughs> Homer takes like uh, this this uh, candle that's on the table that's lit and he drinks the the candle wax to coat his entire mouth and esophagus and then he's able to eat it. It's <laughs> like yeah this guy he's he. Uh, has to drink a candle before he uses his power because if anything besides his esophagus touches this this, this acid, it's going to be bad for him. yeah um weak to your own acid, but I guess that's also that's like part of what Vought's trying to do is stabilize these powers. Some, it seems like one of the deals is some of these powers are just like are they even? Yeah <laughs> you know? yeah for sure Like love sausage, for example who we'll be talking about pretty quick. That's not a great superpower.
0: I mean, they're probably he's probably been with a
1: lot of partners who disagree. There's, I was gonna say, there's some applications <laughs> for it, but like fighting crime or terrorism, not yeah, not so sure, not so sure. Uh, so soup wanders out, uh, to where Butcher
0: and Huey are and Annie, uh, and blasts him with a shockwave before Butcher murders him, and Huey's badly injured in that whole uh provocation, and Starlight can't help him because there's no power thanks to the shockwave.
1: And they abandoned the other boys to get Huey help. Yeah. um, This would have been unthinkable before last episode that Butcher would almost sobbing want to take Huey to the hospital. But... uh, Mm -hmm. And all kinda of, kinda of makes sense now. And he's abandoning his former team for it. Yeah, that's absolutely the thing that I
0: noticed most in this scene is when he notices the truck flipped over. He runs over there like Huey, Huey, are you hurt? Are you hurt? Are you okay? Right, yeah. Like he's yeah. genuinely concerned. Before last episode, he'd have been like oh, I don't know. Uh I don't I Annie don't know he would have been the one running over and he would have been like oh, oh, oh sure. he's, fine. he's fine.
1: He's fine. He's just right. He's no rules just right. He's <laughs> uh, like a blooming onion. <laughs> fraud to golden perfection I do wonder why they are hauling jagged scrap metal around in the back of that van <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying yeah. you know, know like uh, if, if there was like a bayonet or like a big sword or something that like butchers hauling around but it just looks like some kind of like thing broke loose and impaled him like the van got rolled right it, yeah how 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 did that happen but whatever he got hurt yeah he got hurt I I wasn't questioning it too much it's not that kind of show, Jim. Yeah,
0: Holmander impatiently waits for Stormfront to return and eventually lasers his entire trailer, or at least that's the implication here. I think
1: uh, flowers. Her trailer. Was it his trailer or her trailer? I think it's. Oh, actually, that might be her trailer. But they establish that's what I'm saying. Is these flowers don't make a hell of a lot of sense unless want- he was planning on giving them to her himself. But then why would he send? Like, why would he have the card with the note on it? It's almost like he wanted her to go in and be surprised by it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I it, there's, there's something that doesn't quite, but you could also excuse it by like, again, I don't know that this guy knows how giving flowers works or even why you sure. do it. or Yeah. So, but yeah, he did burn. I do love the the clock ticking motif that like just to sh- sell his impatience. Um, and it's yeah. not even
0: a long time, right? It's like 20 minutes or whatever. And he's already I think she checkup. Yeah.
1: Him. Yeah, like he's like maybe she's uh, 40 minutes late, but uh, sure.
0: Yeah, so Stormfront shows back up, he lies about the trailer and lets her know that he's aware that she lied to him about this meeting that she claimed to have. Uh, she th- at this point, this is where I start to question she might be too deep in on this. Like, Homelander might be so unstable, so I don't know, but he might be a lot less
1: stable and a lot less manipulative than she thinks. Uh, and you know that that final look, like I'm like, is she afraid? Is she concerned? Is she thinking she's in too deep? Um, on second watch, I reinterpreted it as kind of like, like m- like motherly concern, yeah. Uh, yeah, with the knowledge of what's going to happen. And I think that's kind of what it is, kind of. But you know, that's also fucked up. And <laughs> when you take it into in totality, but it is mm-hmm. like she's got big Madeline energy, uh, and with the physical presence to back it up. Then uh, the deep and A Train share a meal with
0: some some head of some some guy of importance within uh, the church of the collective, which turns into a truth exchange after A Train is coerced into hearing the deep out.
1: Yeah, and I this guy I recognize he was the guy that took over as the pediatrician on ER after uh, George Clooney blew up and left, huh? Um.
0: Okay, he's, I, he's got a certain like suave energy.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I I really liked him. I was trying to, uh, Goran Vis- Visinjic is his name, huh? Uh, and I haven't seen him on anything since that that the, since I stopped watching ER like twenty years ago. Um, but it's really God. The guy looks amazing, and he plays really well. This like very charismatic, uh, professional, um, almost business manager type cult leader. I thought. Yeah, is he supposed to be the actual leader? Is he supposed to be like
0: the cat uh, Miscavige or whatever his name is of
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's exactly what he's supposed to be. Okay, like I said, this very intense, almost CEO type, uh, uh, church guy.
0: It's amazing how fast the deep has run through the ranks here. I guess of the the church, but you would right if like let's assume. That he's their first soup that they've been able to indoctrinate.
1: Actually, we know we know that he's not. not the eagle, but he's the first big one. Like they've yeah. worked their way up the hierarchy, and now they got a member, a former member of the seven. But I, I that is that checks out because like Scientologists, mm. celebrities are fast tracked through the system. They get preferential treatment. They don't get to see yep. like some of the the dirt and the dirty stuff they're shielded from all that. Like they go to special retreats that are only for them and the rank and file don't go. If they're there, they're like brainwashed servants or whatnot. So, uh, again, I'm not sure why the Scientology commentary, um, mm. it doesn't seem like it's of a piece with anything else. Cause it's not like, I mean, our site is, I feel like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a nod to the comics because Scientology did blow up a couple of years ago with the Leah Remini, uh, anti-cult doc, di- But I feel like that kind of like did them in, um, you know did it i assume they're still operating it yeah that's true because i feel like i've been aware of like three or four different times i thought scientology was kind of done in and then right (laughs) they just kind of keep doing their thing so but yeah they're, they're they're i have no idea how the hell this fits in with the larger plot except if it is some kind of like what do we do with off the reservation soups that are no longer useful can we can we tie them into this cult kind of thing yeah
0: um And I wonder how it's all going to tie into, you know, taking down Homelander, you know, Maeve's plan Um, and will, you know, maybe it maybe it brings Annie and a train somehow together, like with their disdain for these types of structures or something. I I don't know. There are there are hints around the edges of each of these characters that could, you know, tie them together.
1: Yeah. And you see how effective this pitch is because it's like uh, it's like ultimate carrot and stick. We have all this dirt on you, but we also have the way to make it go away. And, you know, uh, revealing that they're going to give shockwave this guy's uniform and cuz it's copyright, like this stuff all is very plausible, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it him feels being like in the- seven
0: figure debt was uh surprising. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, it's 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 I felt like a train's always been a little bit of like commentary on athletes. And that's like I've seen so many documentaries where these guys make 100 million dollars, but they take care of their friends. They take care of their family. They got a cousin that wants to start a barbecue joint or a a car wash. And then suddenly, like they keep up this lifestyle and they have no plan for what happens when they break their, their they blow out their ACL five years before they were supposed to retire and, mm-hmm. or even just retiring just the idea that like, you're not going to be making $15 million a year for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, they, exp- it's all very exploitative, uh, cause the NBA doesn't give a shit about you or the NFL after you're, they're done with you. So there's a lot of that that kind of, but again, that's a, that's a big plate. A lot, a lot of things are good. Scientology, sports culture, mm-hmm. <laughs> racism in America. Ultra nationalism. So there's a big plate, a lot of issues on it. Yeah. So then the Sage
0: Grove boys sneak into a supply room where Frenchie admires the drugs. Uh, Lamplighter provokes Frenchie, and MM has to split him up. And we flash back to five years ago, uh, where MM is announcing to his friends that he's going to get married. Uh, his friends being Frenchie, Butcher, and Grace, which you know he's he's colleagues with him at the time. Uh, Lamplighter arrives, Grace shows him a video of himself and blackmails him into reporting everything he hears in Vought Tower, especially in regards to Homelander, and Grace is pretty uneasy about this arrangement, so she sends Frenchie to monitor him.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, I think um, this is a great scene, because I love, like, Frenchie uh, like, M- M- uh, like, Frenchie's very happy for M.M., M- the Colonel's very happy for M.M., M- Butcher is just very Butcher, yeah. you know, it's very oh good, good one. All right, real good one. Um, And then also MM's idea of a fun bachelor party is like you know Frenchie's like, what do you think about transgender strippers versus like I was thinking more of like a golf outing. It's uh-huh. you know he's MM's like me except for I, it'd be board games and and video games rather than than golf. But uh, right, and the lighter also- when he walks in and his I-, I looked
0: at him and I was like, God, that is a shitty costume. And then, of course, that's part of the show, right? Like they're they're right. immediately going to point out how dumb he looks. And
1: but they also they, they they put it with like the big kind of DC Marvel swelling music when he like you know and slams his st- staff down. But they immediately like, no, this is stupid. Come yeah. on, you can't look like this. And, and you got to note they gave him a fucking flame, right? Like he's got constant mm-hmm. access to fire. Why not give Starlight a battery? Yeah. Like you said. She needs them. I, yeah, I, I wonder. Well, no, there's no way that they are not aware of the limits of her powers. They created her. I was like, be. I wonder if like she, they. It's like not common knowledge that she needs a source of power to generate them. Yeah, but, um, yeah they gotta be. But I don't know. Like, I, I, the other thing is, like, I when I first thought when I first saw this, I'd heard about him burning the children, and I thought it confused me because. Um, when they're showing him pictures of stuff, I assumed that that was the incident that they're blackmailing him with, like him accidentally burning children to death. But no, no. So I wonder, like, what dirt they did have on these supers, and how hard is it to get dirt on supers? Damn, I feel like with Homeland. Or the way he carries around, like, follow him with a, a a camera, drone technology, satellite. You'd like, you'd get a war crime on him in like fifteen minutes. This yeah. is just daily life, but.
0: And it keeps happening over and over, you know?
1: Right, right. It's a pattern. It's clear, like, you know, it should be easy to, to, if if all it takes to get a super in line is to have, like, incontrovertible proof of them committing some kind of horrific crime against humanity, holy shit, like, TMZ is the kryptonite with these guys. Yeah, it's why I don't think Maeve's plan is actually going to work
0: out the way she wants it to, like... You're not getting out of the seven. Homelander's not going to give a shit that you have blackmail material on him. Like,
1: yeah, I got some thoughts on that when we get there. Okay, but um, and then like this is also just like it tells the tale of Butcher. There's so many people to blame here, but like you know, Cur- Colonel who's very smart is worried about uh, what this guy would do without his backs against the wall. Mm. Where Butcher's like, nah, fucking, we own him. Like Butcher just is very careless and. About pushing the limits and getting to the bottom line. It's um, because he doesn't have that doesn't, canary. Doesn't care. Yeah, doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, I, I guess he kind of cares about Beth, Becca, but he probably assumes deep down she's dead. Uh, it's all yeah. about his vendetta against Homelander, and it gets people hurt and killed. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Annie flags down a car, but the driver won't give up. Uh, give it up to him. Uh, he gets into a showdown with Butcher, and Annie is forced to blast him. And she is pretty distraught over probably killing the guy, but then it turns out she's not. Um she she uses the battery in the car to cauterize Huey's wounds and they load him in and they take off. And, you know, Annie spots his child seat, which, you know, gives her momentary pause. Like there's still something rattling around inside her that goes, Oh shit, I just did a bad thing. Uh yeah. but later I on mean, she-, she
1: she professes to not give a shit. I think she in the moment it's like she's realizing she's losing herself, but she still yeah. has like when everything's said and done, she's like god damn it, I didn't mean to kill this guy and oh god, he had a kid. Mm-hmm. But there's also commentary on this like this guy pulls a gun. Um, you know, Butcher's got a gun, but any either one of these gentlemen could have de-escalated the situation. I would say it's probably on Butcher to do so. But instead, they kept escalating and escalating it until um, you know, one of them ended up dead. I don't think you need a lot of commentary on that. <laughs> yeah, Butcher uh, like, just the way he approaches
0: trying to commandeer this car. Like, oh, I'm I'm the FBI. I uh, uh-huh. uh, 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 left me ID in me of pants. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. no, yeah. that's
1: not how you do it. You just
0: let He's the guy drive you. Why wouldn't you let the guy drive you? I.
1: Yeah, yeah, because he didn't want to. They, they were paranoid about Starlight being recognized, I guess, is the justification yeah. for that. That he's like, hey, oh. don't I recognize you? And, like, they, I don't know. Guy's yeah. in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's true. Out in the middle of nowhere.
0: Okay. Uh, Frenchie MacGyver's a knockout bomb for soups out of the chemicals in the storage room. Uh, Frenchie asks why the seven left them alive after what happened five years ago. And it's because Lamplighter never told the seven about uh, the stuff that they did. Uh, Lamplighter claims that he actually didn't know that there were going to be kids there when he when he torched them in this incident that we're we're getting to
1: yeah he meant the 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 roast the colonel and it turns out she she's having a sleepover yes. with her grandkids but she was gone i don't know it's a weird situation i i was i was when he was describing this i'm like this is a very sad scene but i was actually literally trying to describe like decide how the hell could it have happened like they're sleeping yeah, yeah. in grandma's bed but she's not there and neither grandpa uh where the hell was she Mm -hmm. but whatever kids got roasted screaming. Very sad, very distraught. She went out for a fresca, came back, roasted (laughs) for a fresca. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not Uh, a fresca in the world to put those flames out. Fresca and an almond joy. She just went down to the corner store. (laughs) Uh, Serves her right. (laughs) Lamplighter
0: claims that, uh, or or he wants to know why Frenchie didn't stop him. Uh, So does it him, frankly. And then we flash back to Frenchie abandoning his mission. Uh, to follow Lamplighter when Sherry calls him and says that his friend is ODing. He, he goes and he saves the guy, but he has to make this tough decision about leaving in order to get back to his mission, which, you know, the, his friends are disappointed with the decision he makes, which is to go back on mission.
1: Yeah, he just shoots him full of Narcon and scoots, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it took. He it makes probably... me wonder if Lamp Lamplighter was waiting for him to break, you know, because he was aware of being followed and the second that he broke off he's like i'm oh boy here's me killing again Uh uh-huh yeah
0: uh, you think you could maybe tell sherry how to administer uh some of that
1: narcon stuff but he saw how pulp fiction goes you can't trust people (laughs) to just have a a a firm stabbing motion on the yeah they they get it right they just read like
0: a pamphlet (laughs) and do it
1: and it works sure I do think it's also something about like the nature of his powers. Like, can you imagine like, that's gotta be, I've always thought this about people with flame powers. Um, How can that possibly be good? Like, you can't subdue people with flames. You can light them on fire and they die screaming. Like, that's got to be... Imagine if your superpower is just excruciating people to death. Like, that's all... Mm -hmm. You know, essentially you could just electrocute them. Like, that's not a good superpower. Having super strength where you can, like, treat them like a... Like, you can treat grown men like toddlers and just physically separate them. And you're invulnerable. Like, that's a power that you could do inherent good with. Flames... What the fuck can a flame do? What Purify, the- purge. That's the best <laughs> of it. You're still killing. You're still the people dying, screaming. Mm-hmm.
0: What? What about the threat of flames? Like, if they know you can use flames and you threaten them,
1: then yeah. maybe some good could come of that. You never actually use yeah. your
0: power, but they know you got but then
1: it. Then, as soon as someone calls your bluff, it's uh, you're back to the dying screaming. Yeah. That's why I loved about Dr. Manhattan or like this uh, Cherry uh, uh, Share uh, Cindy, Cindy superhero. It's like the full body explosion. It looks grotesque, <laughs> but it is like it's a pretty instant, painless death. And it's just like, you know, just, you know, deatomization. You know, like, why dress yeah. it up? Why are you with those funny, uh, uh, like, storms electrocuting people, uh, pyro guys burning them alive? I'm just going to full body explosion. They just, they just cease to exist. Boom. Are you saying that all these soups are really just like their generic superpower is murder? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, which vicious type of murder do you want to specialize in? <laughs> yeah. You know? Like Fair. there's not. Yeah. Yeah. The superpower is, is super murder. Yep.
0: <laughs> All right. I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're Foxy not up, wrong. man. Can't be normal. Uh, so with Huey passed out, Butcher tries to comfort Annie over killing that guy. But Annie's not fazed by it. Uh, she doesn't want his consolation, nor does she want his admiration or approval. She's kind of disgusted by the fact that she's winning Butcher over with her apathy toward killing.
1: And this is a stock scene that they again subvert the tough guy, you know, the the innocent normal being corrupted by the rough and ready, you know. Uh, the only thing, yeah, the only thing that lets people sleep at night is is rough, rough and ready men and women ready to dispense justice. Like her rejecting that too. Like, no, nah, I see you trying to give me that like manly nod of of masculine uh, approval, and fuck you, and you know, fuck all that because also. Yeah if you hadn't have been the way you are, none of this would have happened. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to argue with that because that's something that even Becca said, like, this is just who you are. You can't, you can't just back off and, and play it cool. Yeah. All
0: right. Frenchie finishes this knockout bomb. Uh, Lamplighter explains that Vought is trying to stabilize compound V to work on people who aren't babies, uh, adults. Essentially. He doesn't know why they're doing it though. Um, Frenchie explains he didn't stop lamp lighter because he had to leave to help his friend who was ODing, and that friend only lived for another few months and then died of an OD anyway. Uh, a tentacle mm. comes in through the window, which immediately immediately I'm like, Okay, well, the boys isn't gonna use a tentacle unless it's some perverse kind of tentacle. And once you see the head of this tentacle, I think everybody knew what was up.
1: Uh turns I, out- I did not I, I did not realize, I'm just like, oh, wow, a tentacle comes and grabs M.M., and uh-huh. it wasn't until, like, it, I heard Kimiko knock a guy out, and then it slowly, slick retracted. I'm like, oh, God, that's a super dick. It is. Yeah, it turns out M.M. is <laughs> grabbed by a super dick. Uh,
0: They make their way out, but they run into Cindy the Soup, who refuses, or, or sorry, diffuses their grenade, which... Not sure how that works. We'll maybe talk about it. Stormfront shows up calling for Lamplighter and he reveals himself and explains what happened, leading her away from the rest of the boys. Uh, How does stomping on a canister full of gas that is meant to knock you out and rupturing that canister prevent the the bomb from working?
1: The only thing I can think of is it required some kind of, like, charge or something to mix, and by crushing it, it just it, the chemistry didn't work right. But I had the same kind of, like, huh, crushing a bomb disables it. I mean, it would, like, if it's C4, right? Because C4 is, like, uh, inert unless it's hit by a very particular type, like, like f- type of electricity or whatnot. Like, you can, okay. like, squeeze and pound and whatever C4 unless, it's gets to, unless and- it gets... Yeah, like you could you could definitely do that, but like yeah, something homemade chemically gas, kind of gas? knockout. Yeah, yeah, I, she I should not get just it either. it
0: down the hallway. Like use her manipulation can powers she? to kick it away. She from can it.
1: only crush, never throw.
0: <laughs> so I mean the the idea here of what uh, they're trying to do at Sage Grove of of making Compound V stable enough to inject into adults is that. Is that just to increase the number of uh soups they can have? You know, the the millions that that Stormfront is gonna talk about uh at the end of this episode, or is this like a personal thing that maybe Edgar is doing Edgar, uh Stan Edgar is Man. doing because he wants superpowers or
1: I don't know what they're playing at. I do not know what they're playing at. I don't know what Stan Edgar is like uh because you see this all the time. They played with this on um uh what was that movie or the 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 david simon production about the 19 1930s the and 40s america no oh it's about the plot against america plot against right yeah this this kind of like minority who somehow thinks that they can gain the favor of the majority and maintain in their you know like the uh um the, the American Jew that wants to talk real about uh, allying with Hitler because, you know, it, it's, it's it's like that kind of thing. Like, is Stan Edgar a guy who thinks that a person like Stormfront will ever accept him as an equal as long as he goes along with their evil ideology? Um, right.
0: Like, that's my number one question is why? Um, and, and it makes me, you know, it leads to other questions as in, like... Uh, You know, okay, maybe that's how that maybe that's Vought's mission from the start, but is that still Vought's mission as a company? Is are they still on this race war thing or are they, you know, have they they gotten past
1: that? And maybe Stormfront is just the only one still holding that candle lit. Um, she wants to get the family business back to its original roots, but it's just hard to tell because, like, you know, it's real life is littered with these examples. For example, the guy who ran uh Hitler's brown shirts division, um, was openly gay. And somehow thought that was going to save him, and then he found that wrong. in The night of the long knives, the first purge, he was up against the Walsh getting shot. So it's like, yeah, of it happens. Like they, they, they think that uh, you know that they, they think that they're going to be the exception, and then once they, the the power is consolidated, no, no longer have a useful role to play. Well, there's a straight white Aryan person who can serve this role, Stan Edgar. We don't need you anymore. Um, so so I, does Stan a, think a he's much, just bunch of different...
0: Uh He's yeah, smart enough or to he...
1: avoid that fate, or does he? I, I, I don't know. Cause there's like, there's a lot of theories about why that is. Like, there's some kind of like self hatred there. It's like, uh, if you're a gay person, you're like, I'm gay and that's not fine. But these other gay people who are acting this certain way or doing right. this thing that upsets me, they're the problem. And if we could just control, whereas they don't understand that no, everyone else just really hates gay people. Yeah. Um, or like Jews or black, any kind of like, minority that you can kind of set, lasso around and put a label on and stitch a symbol on their sleeve like that's that's yeah. there's always um, outsiders yeah yeah like the character of steven wasn't that the samuel L. jackson character in Django? you know uh oh, yeah. candy's right hand like there's always a person that 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 is willing to support the system even though it's in their not in their self interest for some crazy psychological reason. Stan the ultimate um, Uncle Tom, is that what you're saying? Like- yeah, or is he gonna like is he gonna peel a skin off and it's just gonna it's like Darth Vader, you know, this this proud black spaceman takes his armor off and it's just an old sad white guy at the <laughs> at the middle. Like I, My God. I I don't I don't know. I don't <laughs> His superpower
0: all along has been to change the color of his skin. That's what it is.
1: Yeah, he's the chameleon. Uh, sure. I don't know. There's, there's like what there's, there's different ways they could go with that. The chameleon is Australian slang for something terrible. Also. Oh yeah. Don't even want to look it up. No. In the Australian Urban Dictionary, which is called just the Australian Dictionary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, they get Huey to the hospital, but he needs a couple of days of recovery. Annie and Butcher talk about the things they love about Huey. Some of them, which are pretty embarrassing. Like him using mm-hmm. kid shampoo and Axe body spray and butt rash cream. <laughs> uh,
1: pretty pretty good uh, scene here. I liked it. Well, it was embarrassing. Okay, like kid shampoo with Axe. Okay. Yeah. Putting butt cream on if you got butt acne? What's, yeah. what's wrong with that? I, I'm with you. There's no shame in butt rash cream.
0: Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a combination. Just like... This is yeah.
1: clearly a very
0: childish uh man, if you can call him.
1: Mixed that. in with like like sixty five year old man habits too. Like, you know, yeah. you can see your grandpa's putting on butt cream, but uh, plus the just the, the conflicting sense. I'm thinking like uh you mix kid shampoo and an axe body spray and like bin gay or something yeah. like that. That's not what the hell is that? That is I don't know. That's nothing good. That's not <laughs> natural. That's Huey by Calvin Klein. <laughs> 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 it's huey's natural musk
0: uh-huh uh so then mave's in the shower and elena accidentally snoops her way into viewing this video of homelander lasering the plane and she is traumatized by mave's involvement
1: yeah i mean for good reason and you can those- see
0: like mave trying to talk through this right and realizing that everything she's saying just sounds worse every every time <laughs> she says something it's like oh no no, I can see how to someone who wasn't in the situation, it doesn't rationalize it the way I do. That's fucked up. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a person who has inched tip, you know, like an inch at a time towards hell, and has rationalized it the whole way, looking back at a person five miles back on the road and being like, "It, it all makes sense if you live through it." Like, no, yeah. you just, um, it's 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 sad. It's it's really sad.
0: Yeah. So is that the end of their relationship? You think or? Because we don't really see any more this episode.
1: It better be something transformational. Like, I don't know if it has to be the end, because I think you can get past that. But like Maeve's going to have a lot of work to do because, um, you know, the way the way that Maeve told the story to Elena, right? Maeve was very much the victim. Mm-hmm. But she left off all the victims that she has created herself uh, through her own, like, you know, compliance, not standing up to Homelander. Yeah. Um And, you know, like, again, you be the person that tells Homelander to go fuck off. But it is it is just got to be chilling for Elena. Yeah. And I I,
0: it's sad, too, because in a way they're getting to some kind of new normal in in their relationship, right? Like they're, I, I don't think they're living together necessarily, but there's like this comfort and this ease with her in the shower. And Alina's just hanging
1: out. And it seemed like you, they might be living, like they, they might've moved in with each other though.
0: Maybe, maybe, uh,
1: but there's always supposed, like this open now, right? other
0: shoe that I'm waiting
1: to drop the,
0: for homelander to drop. But in the meantime, there was some semblance
1: of normalcy here and I was yeah. starting to enjoy it during the scene. Uh, irrelevant detail was she trying to postmate something called sugar fish what is sugar fish i don't know like i assume that they're talking swedish fish um and i'm like man that's a frivolous thing but like also why wouldn't you just call it swedish fish like you're suddenly shy about shitty candy uh brand brand names now couldn't get the license for swedish fish
0: yeah no I, i don't know I didn't bother. If to you know what
1: sh- if you know what sugarfish is, please send it in to DHS at baldmove.com because I have no fucking clue. It's probably Australian and it's probably dirty.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, let's move on
0: to MM getting word that Huey's okay. Uh Frenchie apologizing to me, Kamiko for trying to save her, uh, essentially to absolve himself of his own guilt. And he says that he'll leave her alone now. And then Grace rolls up and they show her lamplighter. She pulls her gun out um, to try and kill him. But Frenchie, I, I don't know. She clearly doesn't want to shoot him. She feels like she needs to shoot him for some sort of justice. Frenchie's able to talk her out of killing him, proposing that they use him instead.
1: Yeah. Um, I realized this whole episode I've been trying to think who the fuck where I've seen light lamplighter before. And I finally looked it up. His name's Sean Ashmore, and he played, ironically, Iceman, Iceman in like the first three X-Men movies. The ones that Anna Quinn as Rogue.
0: Yes, he did. OK.
1: Yeah, he's all grown up and now he's playing a fireman. Isn't that wild? <laughs> playing against type, huh? <laughs> he is playing against type. Um I I love Frenchie's um apology to Kimiko cuz it's a great one. It's not it's yeah. like I this is what I did. This is why it was wrong and why I could have hurt you and I'm not going to do it anymore. Um yeah. and also like when he's like I'll leave you alone now like she gave a pretty complex performance that's like maybe that's not what she wants at this point. Uh, you know, maybe she's ready to to uh, pursue things with Frenchie. Yeah, but him and leaving Frenchie... it in that place is really good because it's now up to her. Right, like he. Yeah, it's it's the ball's back in her court, yeah, um, and she, she can play it at her own pace. Mm-hmm. Also, Frenchie just like yelled in the background. I uh, uh, tell him about the thick penis around your neck. Like, I. Just... <laughs> <And> this <then he, laughs> is so funny. It's like
0: nothing. It's just Frenchie talking shit.
1: Yeah, it's just Frenchie. You know how he is. <laughs> yeah,
0: I picture Butcher on the other end going thick penis. What's it about?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are they going to do with Lamplighter now? That's a that good they have question. Him. I guess a man on the inside of this forest grove or whatever is a sage grove is not a bad thing. That and another soup on the team. Plus, I was really surprised to see that he was able to successfully fool Storm Stormfront. You know, into like, oh no, it's just uh, it's just, you know, we got we got our meds mixed up, and uh, some of the inmates were able to escape, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: I guess at this point, you you recreate the mission from five years ago, right? And have Lamplighter report everything he can
1: from Stormfront since they're, yeah. you know, chummy. Cause I imagine he doesn't have access to the seven anymore. Um, he's probably like the deep in that way, but like, yeah, he's got real good access to the sage, sage grove business. Yeah. But then again, they got so much, they got all the hard drives and shit. Like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, but I mean, <sighs> keeping
1: them, you know, up, Oh yeah, you're right.
0: What storm Stormfront's doing, I think.
1: It's a going concern. I wonder if there'll also be a scene where, like, they realize that they've been compromised and they tell Lamplighter to just burn it all down. And that gives them an opportunity to maybe turn a couple super. <laughs> you, get, you get love sausage on your side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, God. Sure. Yeah. No. I, that's that's another one. Because uh, I I feel like that's what Vought would do. It's like, oh my God, these these people came in, stole all of our shit. They got all this data on us. Let's just fucking liquidate this whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Stormfront tries to apologize to
0: Homelander by promising never to lie to him again, and showing him pictures that prove that she's Liberty and that she doesn't age. Uh, she declares that everything Vought has done since the creation of Compound V has been part of a race war. And Homelander is the culmination of their dreams. And that works on Homelander. Uh, He's turned on by that, and he kisses her.
1: That's exactly what he wants. Like, this is, like, uh, his metaphorical mother saying that you are the true legacy of everything i fought for. I'm so proud of you. I love you completely. And he also can have sex with her, Mm -hmm. and he can't hurt her, or at least, like, accidentally as easily as other people. Like, this is, like, literally his perfect... Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I've talked about a lot of the implications here already, um, about this race war that's going on and how that recasts sort of the Shining Light, uh, Liberation Army as, you know, some counter, you know, they already were, um, sort of some resistance underground cell sort of thing, but Uh now even more so, now that I know it's a race war. Um, and it kind of explains why maybe they were, experimenting on kamiko and her brother like they're probably not gonna give superpowers
1: to a bunch of white dudes right what do you think because like the other thing they've let, they've let the ryan situation go for a couple episodes um yeah. do you think that homelanders has gotten bored with him because i imagine that uh this is something a Stormfront might instigate like you know that you got to you know, you, we got to get this kid on our side or we got to raise him right or something. I, I, I don't know how they're going to get back to that story plot because it feels almost like abandoned. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, but, I think uh, it could be a situation where Homelander decides that he and Stormfront are going to be uh, Ryan's new parents. Like, Becca's out of the picture it, now.
1: The thing that ties them together, she said essentially exactly his pitch to Ryan, like that. hey, none of us have to be alone ever again now. Mm-hmm. Which is like, you know, that was like what Homelander was trying to do with, with Ryan. Um I it's it's wild. And then the Golden Girls theme playing over it was just the icing on the cake for sure. Did you stick around
0: long enough to hear the A train anthem after the Golden Girls? No,
1: I didn't. When yeah, did they, that start
0: up? They play that whole thing out and it's bad. It's like the most soulless, lifeless rap pop uh, Did they up get up Little Nas
1: X to do it, or is it still the like schlubby guy? It sounded vocals. like it was a
0: schlubby guy, and maybe Starlight yeah. singing the the you know, sung part of the. So this the track, is over the
1: credits. But... I don't know. Was this over the credit scene, or is it actually yeah. transitioning? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't pay attention to that, unfortunately. Yeah, no. It's, but they it's also established ridiculous they also established a Cindy character hitchhiking. Um, Uh wonder what's going to go on with that. I don't know. I mean, it's like, seems powerful if you need someone to be exploded from visual range, but you know, it's not something that's going to like be the thing for Homelander. Right? Like what, what, what are they doing? There doesn't seem there's any shorter soup shortage of super terrorists. Like what, what is the, the whole point of this? Um, other than to establish Vought's plan to have a, a race of, uh, or a whole uh, legion of super soldiers for the, for the race war to come that they're engineering.
0: Yeah. And how, you know, stable or unstable is she? Um, is she going to last out there? Um, what's her mental state? I, so many questions about it.
1: Yeah. I looked into, cause I thought I recognized her from, uh, I thought I recognized this actor from, um, orange and the new black but it turns out not that they've done a lot of stunt work and in fact on the they're credited with a bunch of stunts in the season 1 of the the boys um and they also do a bunch of uh, art exhibitions like really high end like uh weird gothic performance art like dancing but you're in a vacuum bed it's yep. like like i said biz, biz, bizarre stuff their their name is uh oh shit i forgot i didn't write down their name <laughs> it's like s S, uh, uh, Ed- Edgar Mosier or something really S- Scandinavian sounding. Okay. But, uh, uh that's it. look forward to seeing what, what they do in the future. Same here. Okay. You ready to do some feedback, Jim? Yeah, let's do it. I'm opening up the feed bag. Uh, if you want to get some stuff in here, you send it to DHS at dot That's That's department of Homeland security, DHS at dot And we can consider your feedback for the next week's podcast, Uh, first up Josh from Philly, just a quick aside. The lovers, the woman, the deep was interviewing mentions. You remember this? This is the, the, the two two people. And I think Pompeii, the skeletons uh, hugging each other, uh, were genetically tested and found to be two men. It's just our culture's heteronormativity that had them referred to as a man and a woman. (laughs) That's interesting. uh, (laughs) Uh, which I think it's, the kind of the kind of the kind of stuff that the boys likes to play with um although i also wonder like it's also entirely possible they're not even aware of that and you know um but i don't know they probably are so also mother's milks t-shirts that i've been talking about enjoying is from a real company here in Philadelphia called Philadelphia Printworks it's owned and operated by a black woman and has a lot of cool stuff including the black panthers tea. it's philadelphiaprintworks.com Thanks and love the show. I appreciate that. I don't I don't know. I don't know if getting away with it is the proper um term to use. I don't know if I can pull off a Black Panther Party t shirt. Um, sure. Um I need to get something something John Brown. Some something some John some kind of John Brown t shirt going. If you know who John Brown is, uh well, that's your homework assignment tonight. Look him up. Okay. Pretty, <laughs> I don't. I guess I got homework. Pretty righteous dude. Um Josh P says, hey, guys, I found it interesting that Homelander doesn't seem to understand Becca or Ryan when they speak in Spanish at the breakfast table. Mm -hmm. I instantly flash back to early season one where Homelander tells Stillwell that he is still the most recognized man on Earth. He says something to the effect of I can land anywhere in the world and people say Homelander in perfect English. Yes, he's smart and diabolical, but he's so far up his own ass that he doesn't take the time to relate. He skates on the fact that he's powerful and loved, yet two people speaking another language leaves him out of the loop. Uh, First, I thought the sign... That's the sign language Kamiko and her brother made up would play a part in taking down Homelander, but that theory is shot. I still somehow think that this will come into play in his downfall. Um, I mean, pride goeth before a fall. I mean, that's a cliche for a reason, um, mm-hmm. but it is like uh, the the more we the deeper we get in like some of the stuff that was subtext is like really textual with with uh, Homelander. Like, um, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you look at—it's not even that he says perfect
0: English; he says perfect American. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the idea that like he's you know wants this to be about saving America and all of these you know super terrorists are are foreigners um, yeah, outside of, kind of America. No super terrorists born in America—that's for sure, <laughs> right? So so yeah, I think like if. if having spanish spoken in front of him is his weakness then he'd probably be taken down pretty easily (laughs) like i mean you don't even need code words right it's just
1: yeah trap him at a general assembly of the united nations have everybody start saying you know stuff all at once and he just uh, melt into a a puddle of red white and blue goo right apparently um but i don't know it's it's an interesting theory that you had the um I, I guess now she's the sole remaining speaker of this language. Um, I, I don't know mm. if they can, uh, if they can, they 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 can make something with that, but we'll see. Uh, Taylor says, "I have a prediction for all the internet points in regards to Stormfront's fate." Although I find it likely that Homelander will end Stormfront out of random spite. Um, I mean, that's always a chance. Uh, that's always a chance. It, I don't, did we talk about this? Um, is it? Do you think it's impo- Do you think it's impossible for Homelander to kill Stormfront because he lasered her tits and it didn't kill her?
0: No, I don't. I, I think he okay. was still
1: holding back.
0: Um, and I, I, I do also too. think it did damage her. Whereas if he got lasered by her powers, I don't think it would do anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might throw him back or something, but it's not going to like. Because uh, I, I've, I got the feeling that like if he even kept that laser vision going for another ten, fifteen, twenty seconds, that it yeah. might incinerate her heart and then regenerate from that you know kind of kind of thing but uh-huh. um yeah I, I think we're in agreement on that anyway and and yeah he can end anyone out of spite like he mm-hmm. does not have a very wide disconnect between the lizard side of his brain and the the higher function side um nothing despite despite the fact that it might end up like that homelander ending her and random spite nothing would make me happier than to see kamiko take that racist bitch down I predict by the end of the season, Kimiko will either take down Stormfront with the aid of Frenchie, or her and Frenchie will make an attempt that will end both of their lives. Unfortunately, in the boys' world and often in our own, monsters are not always shamed for their evil to others, so I predict that Kimiko and Frenchie will be labeled as terrorists, even though they're the ones that destroy Stormfront. Would love to, would love to hear your opinions. Um, hmm.
0: Terrorist again. Damn it.
1: <laughs> yeah, the problem with that... The only problem I have with that theory is that it, like, um, it's like double secret probation. Like, they're already internationally wanted terrorist for this so this would just be another crime now i i guess with stormfront mastery of memes and like master getting your uncle uncle billy to share that shit on facebook maybe she would be arguably more beloved than translucent uh, especially in certain you know like uh segments of of the american politics and society so like it might make a and and you know, like it's, it's shit. I mean, there's things you can say to inflame a situation, things you can say to cool a situation down, and it seems like in the the boys' world, they're just going full blown inf- inflammatory. So, even without that, like the last six months of the boys' universe seem like it's a lot more volatile than than it was before. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll make him even more wanted um, because I, I do think that there is a little element of that that the boys as a group kind of run around, not really feeling like they are America's number one enemy. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I feel you. If you can meet on a street, uh, in broad daylight, I don't think you feel enough like you're, you know, the most wanted. (laughs)
1: Yeah, like, Osama Bin Laden could not ever have walked no. down a random street in New York City and not immediately been torn apart by crowds, let alone people, like, calling in and, and having him arrested, so... Right,
0: or cameras picking him up, things like that.
1: So maybe they could ramp up the tension and be like, okay, no shit, the, the boys are actually persona non grata now, but uh, uh, right. we'll see, we'll see. No, I, I, I would like to see... uh. I would like to, see, yeah, obviously, I'd like to see the boys take him down. Although it's also something satisfying if the supers start turning on themselves, you know. Sure. Then the 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 seven have their night of long knives where they purge all the 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 people that aren't pure to the cause, and it's going to be whatever homelander probably judges. Mm-hmm. Finally, we have Jasmine who says, "I'm so glad you guys are covering the boys. It's been a little strange hearing the two of you discuss a show based on a previous work without at least one of you having been a quote unquote book reader. That is that is kind of our shtick." Uh, but I've recently finished the whole series right when season two dropped. I found it twisted graphic and has some very sick moments. Um, some drawn so well, it literally had me shook. But it's also hilarious and at times heartfelt, and I highly recommend it. Uh, she has a couple of questions and points of view between changes they've made in the sh- between the book and the show. And she says they're not spoilers, and I read them through. They don't seem to be. She wanted kind of our opinion on them. Um, so the following questions are not co- spoilers. They're more like pointing out where the show has gone in a complete opposite direction from the comics, for example, changing a character's gender or killing someone who didn't get killed, etc. cetera. Um, so butcher doesn't have an aunt in the comics. Uh, I think it makes sense to have someone give some glimpses family background because he's not the sharing type. Um, I mean, I, I'm assuming that they still have the backstory with him and Huey because that seems so vital to understanding the season. And yeah. I'm, I'm assuming a the comic, they just probably had a comic where Butcher is, is young Butcher and young Lenny. And we saw what happened and they chose not to do that this way. And they just had the aunt do it um, in, in one scene. So, yeah,
0: I mean, you can you can certainly do that.
1: Like, I love flashbacks. Um,
0: there are shows that use them all the time, like Lost you used a flashback almost every week. Uh, it, it never felt old. But I wonder as a writer, if you get tired of doing like, oh, here's another flashback every week. Uh, maybe they want to experiment with other ways to tell this
1: story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then she moves on and says Stormfront in the comics is a male superhero and is much more of an overt Nazi type. The cover art of one of the comics shows him with a literal swa- swastika on his cape. Do you think they made her a woman to be able to pull off the I'm just asking questions, innocent yet still racist white woman uh, act? Or maybe to have a sexual relationship with Homelander.
0: That's so what I was wondering. Like, how, yeah, that totally changes whatever relationship they must have had, right?
1: Well, I mean, that's what I, I think. I asked this in the last pot. Like, some I had heard that they had gender bent Stormfront, and I, you know, this show being or the comic being as subversive as its reputation, um, it's like, and you know, as much as it pains me to say that this is subversive. It is pretty inf- subversive to have, like, male-on-male graphic sex. Like, in fact, we just, uh, I, I can think of two instances where I've seen it. Like, uh, um, it, in an episode of American Gods, like, three, four years ago, and this week on um, uh, Lovecraft Country, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering, so it sounds like that they just, that's just something they added, which is a huge, it's a big ad to make two characters yeah. kind of lovers, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. As far as Stormfront being more overtly racist, uh, I forget who said it. Um but someone said that like if fascism ever comes to America, it will be draped in the American flag and bearing the cross. Mm-hmm. Like the the idea that Americans would not would not accept swastikas and all that kind of stuff, but like if you cloak it with the flag and the cro- and, and and religion, then it'll be more palatable. So I actually find I, I don't know. Like this this is already pretty fucking on the nose. Having the Stormfront character be a swastika that gets a huge like uh, social media following that that might be a little much. So mm-hmm. probably a good change. Um, plus, you can air it in Germany without having to do any censoring. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stillwell in the comics is a man, and not Madeline. It's James Stillwell. He's cold calculating. Does Homelander have any of the attributes of
0: Homelander in the comics? Because those are like his two defining features. Like. He, yeah, he's a straight heterosexual male, like you know alpha uh-huh. male, and he's got mommy issues that are, uh-huh. are like a. And Stormfront becomes a stand-in for those things. I, wow, wow, that's different.
1: Yeah, no, Jasmine's saying the same thing. I'm still trying to figure out why they added the uh, uh, Oedipal complex to this thing with Stillwell as his fixation, other than serving to make him even creepier or psychotic. I'm not sure what it'll mean for the story, and will he turn that fixation to Stormfront instead? Um, probably on the latter, but yeah, like I, that's another genuinely shocking thing to me because it does seem like it's built into his character. It informs his relationship with Becca and Ryan. Yeah. You know, like, God damn, that's, that's a, that's a huge departure. It seems like, um, okay, well, let's,
0: I I guess, see what they have in store. Like I, you know, I obviously (laughs) haven't read these comics, so it's, I'm not going to start you know, complaining, oh, they didn't do this or they did this differently. Right. I'm, I'm it, just invested it, in what they're doing uh, and what they're doing so far is
1: great. So especially since it seems like it's making the situation more interesting. Like, you know, yeah, like yeah. Stillwell was all those other things like cold calculating, manipulator, not afraid of Homelander. Mm-hmm. It's just now, you know, the the way she did it was her kind of like mommy sexuality. I wonder if they're um, or doing, that was her weapon of last resort. You think
0: they're doing more of the Stillwell stuff with Stan Edgar? Uh, or they will be doing more of that stuff in the show.
1: I'm assuming that Stan Edgar's probably a character in the, the show is, or in the comic books as well. Could so, be. like, I don't, man, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and then finally, she says, "What from what I gathered in the comics, Vaught American is more of a Raytheon or Northrop Grumman mixed with Disney type of uh, place. A defense yeah. weapons contract with the division similar to Marvel laundering the comics, books, movie franchises and actual superheroes. I thought it was interesting when Stan Edgar told Homelander that they were a pharmaceutical company before a superhero company, and I'm wondering what that means. Are they going to try to sell V as a drug to a military instead of actual superheroes themselves? Um, that might be a budget deal because they would have to establish superheroes to sell off to the military where, you know, you can have the same effect where you just pass a suitcase full of, you know, green vials and and, and get the same kind of point across. Um. Plus, like there is a little bit of like I I think Mm. there's a little bit of um, they just throw the kitchen sink into these cultural analysis. And, you know, there's a lot of hate in the pharmaceutical. Um, Yeah, it's a lot of hate towards pharmaceutical. Big, big pharma. Right. For, you know, patenting things that could advance the human race or, you know, provide cures for things cheaper and better. Like, you know, why do we have to pay twelve hundred bucks for an EpiPen? Why do we have to pay a thousand dollars for months of supply of insulin? something that costs pennies to make like there's, there's a lot of that. And I think it's just another thing that they added to the stew. Yeah. But um, anyway, really appreciate all everyone's feedback. Again, if you'd like to send us some questions or make commentary of your own theories, whatever, send that into DHS at baldmove.com And we'll consider it for the next podcast until then. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you next episode.